0: Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kerr on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety nine three
1: KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday, Stu Kerr, your host. Glad to have you along. The summer is winding down. In fact, school is just right around the corner here. Um, things are. Uh, I've had a very exciting week myself. Uh, my wife and I celebrated. Uh, 40 years of wedded bliss and then we celebrated by me hosting a family reunion. And so we might have to try again to do a better celebration than that. Although family reunions are great. It's great to see people you haven't seen in a long time. Uh good to keep up with the old stories. Uh love the family reunion, don't get me wrong, but I probably need to make it up to my wife and have a better uh a better anniversary. So, uh we're going to we'll hit the town here pretty soon. It is uh Uh, uh, it's family week here at uh, on friendly fire because uh, this week's guest last week I actually had his uncle on the program and uh, (laughs) and these are uh, these are people I've known for a very 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 long time but uh, we're gonna talk to uh, our guest today in a slightly different capacity uh, and that is as a county commissioner Welcome to the mic again, uh, Matt Schulte. How you doing? Hey,
2: good. Good to see you. You know, you mentioned uh, uh, anniversaries. Yeah, we celebrated 19 years this week with my wife. So 19. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's not possible. <laughs> yeah, well, turns out it is. <laughs> <laughs> turns out it is. Did you? Hey, did you do something fun?
2: We uh, we are going out this weekend. Nice. Um, because. Open houses are going on for schools. We got kids in school. So open houses and kickoff events and stuff like that are happening during the week. Yeah. So we are actually going up to the Scarlet Hotel. Have you heard, been to the Scarlet Hotel heard about
1: it? Believe it or not, I have been there once. And it's pretty It's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. We went up there and they've got a bar on top. And we watched mm-hmm. the sunset one, one week. week mm-hmm. And my wife said to celebrate our anniversary, let's go out to dinner there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to dinner at the main restaurant. And then we're going to mm-hmm. go up and watch the sunset from up up uh-huh. above. So...
1: That's a great plan. That's very, are you a romantic? Did you? Did, you, <laughs> did she guide this or did you kind of come up with part you know, of it yourself?
2: She, she has all her ideas. Okay. Well, out. but you
1: went along with it.
2: Absolutely. And usually we, we have like three places we normally go. So I was expecting mm-hmm. her to say one of those three places. And so when mm-hmm. she suggested someplace
1: new, I'm like, Let's give it a shot. Let's go for oh, it. Oh, There you go. You know, that's, that's, by the way, that's an awesome thing to always ask people, hey, what's your favorite place? Where do you go? when you got to do something special. Or people come to town and, well, what do you recommend and everything. And we could be so boring. You know, just the same <laughs> old places. The, and they're good places. But, you know, yeah. you come up with a new place. I, by the way, last year, some friends of ours invited us to that rooftop yeah, and that's that's a cool spot.
2: Well, it's really neat up there on top on that rooftop kind of bar area because you get the view of the whole downtown. Mm-hmm. You can see the football stadium. We actually, when we were up there, we saw some fireworks going off from the baseball mm. game, the Salt Dogs, mm. and we got to see a beautiful sunset. So oh, it's kind great. of a new new place in town. But I encourage people to check it out yes. for um, at the end of the day. They also have a really neat coffee shop in
1: there too. Yes, yes. There, uh, you know, when they first started talking about Innovation Campus, I was like, I don't know. Is that, is that going to work? How's it going to work? It sure seems like it's working, it does yeah. it, doesn't it?
2: it does. It seems, like, I mean, especially with the addition of that. And you got a couple of restaurants out there. I mean, I guess really it's mostly the mill. But mm. um, but you got, there's a lot of activity there when you show up.
1: There is. And a, and a nice combination of saving the best of the facilities that were out there from the state fair and so forth. Yep. But yet adding in the new stuff, It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Well, and we are going to talk about you know a lot of times we talk about campus life, youth for Christ. We may that uh, I'm not ruling anything out, but uh, the uh, the big issue this week was an op-ed that came out here about well, it was the end of July, and 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 you wrote an op-ed for the Journal Star, and the uh, the local view was attack ideas, not people. Tell me about the genesis of this. How how did this how did this happen?
2: Well. Uh... In case you hadn't noticed, there's a lot of contention, a lot of, you know, argumentative attitudes happening in politics right now.
1: Really? That's I, I boy, I guess I, I must be well hidden from that. <laughs> yeah. That's
2: right. So there's, I mean, as a as a whole across the country, we see that where you just see people obliterating each other, you know, just t- making these nasty attacks, and we're used to seeing that at the national level. Right. Like that's kind of where we've come used to it. I've been on the county board now for eight months. I started officially in January. And unfortunately I've seen it in our boardroom a few mm. times these last couple of months. And it just, it was just to me, like kind of the proliferation of this big national conflict rolling down into our, into the local government. And I just kind of felt like, Hey, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta find some ways to hit the reset on this. Mm-hmm. And even though I can't change what's happening at the Senate or the House representative or the presidential races, I can at least be a part of bringing that change and that civility into the local entities. And so this was just a small step to -hmm. try and remind people, remind us as a society that we, that ripping people apart for ripping them apart doesn't help. It doesn't, your ideas don't win. They don't advance when you do this and mm-hmm. especially in a community like this where you are talking literally to people you might see at the grocery store yeah um and so it's just just a small attempt to just say hey let's be civil mm-hmm. let's not just rip people apart and um defame them but let's let's we can have civil conversations about things we disagree on
1: yeah i mean it's it sounds great when you say it but <laughs> there and and that's been kind of part of the mission of this uh, radio program too is to um, uh, you know, I always joke that we 're more friendly than fire but uh, <laughs> which is which is probably pretty true but but the idea of civil discourse that you we can disagree with people and still actually this is even crazy, we could still even be their friends that 's right, and yeah. then we can and we can do that now on the flip side um uh, Matt a little thought exercise here if you were if you said you know I can only be friends with people who agree with me about virtually everything, how many friends would you have
2: <gasps> well um <laughs> You know, I, ooh, geez, I'm not even going to say that my wife and I agree on everything, right? <laughs>
1: you'd be divorced and you'd have no friends. <laughs> pretty pretty close.
2: Luckily we agree on everything that's big, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but there's the, you would limit yourself. There's no doubt about it. Kind of the, so, so my, my article, my op-ed piece really hinged on, um, there's a phrase it's called ad hominem, which mm-hmm. is an ad hominem attack is a is an attack when you're going against the person. It's a Latin term meaning basically against the human. Mm. So rather than making an argument for or against a idea, instead of discussing that idea, you make an attack against the person yeah. instead. And so that's where I'm just saying, hey, here's some of the big downfalls to ad hominem mm. and why they don't work. I was trying to be logical mm-hmm. um, and just say... Let's leave ad hominem at the door and yeah. and uh, have a conversation about the about the policies.
1: Yeah. So, like, so you explained that, and if I turned to you and I said, you know, Matt, you're stupid, and I don't like the way you dress, then that would be an example of an ad hominem attack, yep. right?
2: And you you may have heard this in media, or, or for sure on social media if you follow much politics on social media. But you'll hear people, you know, I've heard in our boardroom, you know. Discrediting people and saying, well they're fascist they're a communist yeah. and and while that can be true of some people that's certainly not true of some of the people yeah. i've heard that said about and that's just that's just a way to i think it's a way to try and build yourself up by stepping on other people
1: yeah yeah there uh, did you by the way did you get any kickback from writing the op ed did anybody uh, you know, I mean, sometimes people, it's hard to say who reads what and everything. But, yeah. But, but when they read something they don't like or <laughs> their sto- toes get stepped on, sometimes they do speak up. Have you bumped into anybody who's who, like, hey, wait a minute, you know, it's important to stand up for uh, blah, 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 whatever? <laughs> you know, I
2: have had a little bit of pushback. I guess first I will point out that I've had a lot of positive feedback. Good. I've gotten a text message on my county phone. I got a voicemail on my county phone. I got an email on my county phone. Um, I think in the online comments, there's a lot of positive. And so I think a lot of people see this and mm-hmm. know this to be true, And especially people who long for a more civil society, a more peaceful society, mm-hmm. really agree. And mm-hmm. I know several of those people that reach out to me specifically see things differently than I do, yeah. but they, they recognize that this is the way we should be handling and responding yeah. to each other. So I definitely got some good positive feedback. The only negative feedback I got was more substantive to the way it was written, you know. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't anything about the content. It was mm-hmm. your quotes not quite right or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you know, who's going to come and say, "You know, Matt, I think ad hominem arguments are awesome That's right. we got to <laughs> use more of them." You know, it's like so so there there must be I would assume for most people who are, again, arguing in this way, they've found ways to justify that in their own mind, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That they, uh, or they. I mean, everybody does things for a reason, right? They don't do it for no reason. Yeah. Uh, I've, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, maybe to uh, to explore that a little bit. What? Why do people seem to be drawn toward this? And uh, and uh, and I have a I do have a couple of theories I'm going to bounce off of you. Is oh, that okay? Um, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do it. It's a Friendly Fire uh, Saturday here, talking to Matt Schulte, and uh, who is wearing today the county commissioner hat, also uh, the executive director of Youth for Christ, uh, and glad to have you along. Uh, and by the way, if you want to look up his uh, op-ed, it's on the Friendly Fire uh, Facebook page. Just go to uh, facebook.com/slash Friendly Fire, and you can. Uh, you can read, read it for yourself. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
0: Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurt, on The Voice of Lincoln,
1: 1499.3
0: KLIN.
1: We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Matt Schulte uh, today in his capacity as county commissioner. And uh, so this op-ed you wrote, it was uh, out a couple of weeks ago here, uh, local view, attack ideas, not people, and talking about the ad hominem comment. I, now, in reading this, there were there was a specific uh, reference to uh, again my uh, my friend Bob Evnon, yeah. who is a, a lifelong conservative, yeah, and uh, but but whoever attacked him again was questioning kind of his cr- conservative credentials, <laughs> uh, or, yes, or and, and it's like that's again to be clear, the speaker.
2: Specifically said, Bob Evnen is a fascist and a communist. Wow! I mean, how
1: can you be both? is not that two different things? But it is. Yeah. And
2: <laughs> Bob Evnen is nowhere near either one of those. Either yes. one of those. <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> Secretary of State Bob Evnen. I have a lot of respect for him. Known him, yeah. known him five or six years, and yeah, has served our community well in multiple places. And yes.
1: I mean, who was raised in Lincoln? Yeah, uh, is, you know, I don't know, I'm not sure where he went to law school, but again, he's he's worked in Lincoln. He's been in Lincoln, you know, the vast majority of his life. Yeah. And, uh, I you know, I went to high school with his sister at Southeast. Okay. You know, it's like, you know, I think that's a part of it. You know, it's like, well, who is Bob Evans? Well, by golly, he's been in Nebraska his whole life. Yeah. And, and, a, and a conservative his whole life. Yeah. So what when people start throwing these things around, again, that are just provably false, uh, I guess... I guess that's that's part of the thought question for me is like why what is it that what is it that moves people to this kind of if I could put it what I I think is really an irrational personal argument mm-hmm. what, what in, in your experience what are some of the things that might contribute to that
2: It seems to me that when I've heard these in our boardroom it's usually during the time when a speaker is being very emotional mm. they're not they're not being logical they can't figure out how to say what they want to say and so they just kinda of like bah, they just kind yeah. of vomit on us. Yeah. And um so I think a lot of times it really is emotionally charged. And some people walk out feeling like, look, I told I told them, you yeah. know, and it and it by golly, they're gonna listen to me now because I told them who they were and yeah. pointed their my finger in their face. And so I, I think a lot of times it is it, it comes out of an emotional, it comes out of frustration because you're not getting what you want. You're not making an advance in your argument and you just don't have any other way to go and so you kind of just shoot at the person that you're
1: Yeah, I mean now it, angry at. even as you were describing that, it made me think of parenting. you know <laughs> and it's like, I know this. once my kids started throwing a fit. The chances of them getting whatever it is they were throwing a fit about went down dramatically. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so you're you're fairly new on the board, but the other kind of commissioners, I mean, do you observe body language and oh, yeah. attitudes and it's just like I mean, what what are the odds after somebody has kind of gone off that that the that the board is going to take them seriously?
2: I mean, I would zero or negative? <laughs> can can you yeah. get negative? Yeah, you probably can have a negative on a scale, but yeah. I you know, I just really feel like that's the biggest problem with an ab, ad hominem attack is that when you engage in an ad hominem attack, it undermines your credibility as a speaker. Mm-hmm. And just erases any positive gains you could have made. Yeah. You know, if 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 you and I are having a conversation and I'm trying to change your mind and we're making progress, but then we kind of like hit a We hit a stop and it's just not going where. And I just say, well, you're a stupid, ugly, fat guy. (laughs) You know, anything, any progress I had made is just, Yeah. I know why you're not willing to listen to me because you're a fascist. You know, like that just, it totally Mm -hmm. erases any progress you've made. I think that's the biggest detriment to an ad hominem attack is that it just undermines the credibility of the person Making the comment.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and uh and again if 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 we wouldn't cave to our kids for that kind of a thing, I just imagine again that, that not only would you not cave, but as a parent I would tend to double down. Yeah. Say, no, no way. Now yeah. there's no way. You're not yeah. only gonna have to also not just persuade me, but you're gonna have to persuade me that you you're gonna have to actually say I'm sorry. Yeah. You're not
2: getting the ice cream, and now you have to eat the Brussels sprouts. (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, it's just
1: like and the and the board. Well, every board, right? They have their own ways of of doing that. But the number one way is that it's like I'm sorry, that's not just at the back of the back burner. That's that's off the table.
2: I would, you know, I would though like to say though. I mean, a lot of these, a couple of these comments have really come during public comment at county board meetings, and we do live in a society where freedom of speech is. Mm-hmm. is relished, it's celebrated, it's a part of the uh, process. And so I mm-hmm. do want, hear me clearly, public, that sort of public comment is absolutely welcome. Yeah. But but if you want your public comment to be productive, yes. to lead somewhere, then leave the ad hominem attacks at the door because yeah. it completely undermines your credibility. Um, it shifts the focus from the issue to the person. You know, it really degrades the overall discussion. And so... Mm-hmm. Um if yeah. you want to come and make an ad hominem attack at the public comment, and if you going to call me names, I mean, go ahead. You're just not going to get anywhere. <laughs> exactly.
1: When I, I I hear you loud and clear. I mean, I think that's a part of – this is not a discussion of, like, what can I do? Yeah. I mean, okay, you can't make threats against people. There, <laughs> yes. There is a line. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, you can – I mean, so you can say things. But if, if your point in being there is actually to persuade – see, I'm not sure – I'm not sure in some situations people are – they really realize that's their goal. I think sometimes their goal actually is just to vent. Yeah. And and to be angry, thinking uh and, and they really haven't thought about what actually might move the needle. Uh and so I as we toward the end of this segment, we'll get into the next segment. Uh anything else that uh it seems to me like another thread through all of this is that people are just kinda angry and they don't know who to be angry at. Yeah. And so they it's all of a sudden it's like, by golly. I'm going to be angry at the Lancaster County Board of Commissioners because that's, you know, there's a, there's a sense in which uh, uh, there's this kind of pent-up fear and pent-up anger because of that fear that just sometimes doesn't know where to go.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, what, are, what are people, in your experience so far, and again, you're, so you're hearing from people about all kinds of concerns that they have. What are some of the big fears that, that kind of bubble up underneath what people tend to talk about?
2: That's a good question. Well, you know, recently a lot of the com- public comment we've had has been around voter security, voter mm. election, you know, people mm-hmm. concerned that our elections are being stolen. And so I think in that case, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of fear that the, that we as a society or a government are going down the toilet, right? Like yeah. if, if we don't fix this, then our society's yeah. just going to further deteriorate. And so I do... I've heard many of them saying, and, and I completely agree with them, like this, whatever, what decisions our government makes right now affects our kids and our grandkids. And mm-hmm. it, it's got two options. It can go negative or it can go positive. And so there are really, a lot of people are really operating, at least on that particular topic, out of a fear of I don't want things to get worse as a society. Yeah. And one thing I can do is I can make sure that we as Americans, our vote is counted and it's counted right and it's counted fairly and it's counted one for one, one for one person. And so I, I do understand and I hear that. Um, but again, once at least the one example I've given so far, and I've got another example, maybe we should save till after the break of someone kind of on the other, other side, but I think their fear really is more of this long-term detriment, you know, degrading of our society. It's happening through election security. If I'm not making any progress, well then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, uh, it's funny. I would, i very similarly, I've just said that people, you know, are, have come to the conclusion we're all going to hell in a handbasket, and that this is the worst time ever to live, and that you know how could things possibly get any worse? And don't get me wrong, I I think there are a ton of cultural ills and societal problems. Hey, I'm a pastor. I you know <laughs> that's, that's my business. Yeah. So I I have no problem admitting that. Well, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff going on in there. The question I have is. Is it really the worst that it's ever you know whatever ever yeah. been, or even in American history and uh, or or sometimes I hear about you know well, the church is under persecution, you know, and it's like, well, I don't know, I'd talk to the Christians in China first before <laughs> i before I got too wrapped up into that argument uh. Uh, but uh, but it feels that way. Yeah. There's that kind of intensity to it. Okay, second break. We come back. Let's uh, we'll we'll unpack some of the problems again. But I want to. We're going to turn the corner and also talk about solutions. Sound good?
2: Sounds good. I'm yeah. in.
1: Oh, let's do it. It's a friendly fire Saturday. Talking to Matt Schulte here uh, on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLAN
0: interesting topics to kick off your weekend looking at the news with an eye of faith friendly fire with Stu kearns 1499 3 klin
1: rolling right along on a saturday morning it's a friendly fire saturday uh, Talking talk with matt schulte he's a lancaster county commissioner as well as the executive director of youth for christ and we're talking mostly about the county today and uh, you know so we're talking about people they're concerned about elections that are fair and free it was it's very interesting i uh, Bob Evenden, by the way is is one of the was one of the forces behind uh, voter ID mm-hmm. in the state just to uh I think he uh, my conversations with him he felt like the last election in Nebraska we can't control what happens in other states right. but but he's the guy in charge in Nebraska and he he was confident that it was a uh an accurate election mm-hmm. uh and as even even at that though he's taking more steps to to be more proactive about that uh, so there's so there's concerns in that direction. You mentioned you had some concerns also in the other direction.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it was uh, the, just as far as our topic of ad hominem, like making these attacks. There was a presentation about how secure our elections were from somebody actually from the Secretary of State's office. It wasn't Bob Evnen, and he kind of made what I I absolutely calculated to be a derogatory comment of saying, "Well, their math wouldn't even pass a pass a sixth grade math test," mm. you know, and it was like or the They won't show their work, so that wouldn't pass sixth-grade math tests. Something like that was his exact quote. And it was the same idea of, like, he was trying to make a point, and I think he was trying to be a little bit flippant, a little bit more um, uh, dismissive. And he did the same thing, where he just, in my opinion, shot himself in the foot. Don't don't tell me that that guy's math isn't good enough. (laughs) Literally, literally. In the you know, some of the voter fraud people are, I mean, there's literally rocket scientists involved. You know, mm-hmm. there's super smart people. There's doctors that have come and presented to us yeah. of, st- of uh, and st- statisticians and things like that. So don't just make a dismissive comment like that. Mm-hmm. A- address the actual topic. Yeah. And so um, another example I heard in the county board room not too long ago is that there's a there's a bridge. It's kind of a controversial bridge. It's near Denton. And, um, someone from the city of Denton just said, "Well, you guys are just being bullies. you know again, mm-hmm. you're just you're you're not actually engaging in the topic, you're just name calling and my encouragement to you to all of us is don't get into name calling, don't get into degrading or ripping apart the other side, but instead engage on the topic and stick yeah. stick to the stick to the topic, stick to the issue, and I think then we can we can we can have good." Healthy working relationships and friendships with people yeah. who we vastly disagree with on multiple topics.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of those kind of things, we were uh, my wife. The bypass went in mm-hmm. uh, close to our acreage, and uh, and I know the bypass is a great blessing to everybody else. Eh, <laughs> not as much when you live there, but um, well, one of the aspects of the bypass is oh man, there are fences and it's maintained everywhere except my street <laughs> and they're like five foot weeds and there's collecting water and so now Kelly could have just you know called and ripped on somebody and but instead she just said hey I, here's the problem and, and who do I talk to yeah. and so she, she had to kind of work it you know and to kind of get to the right person and and eventually she got to the person who finally said you know you're right there was some poor engineering there and we're working on it and here's why the weeds haven't been cut and it was like oh that was now. If she had just started with "you guys are bozos" and I can't believe the way that and just it would have been, you know, she'd just still be frustrated and she wouldn't know that right. actually it's on the list, and uh and they know it's a problem and some machinery broke down and and they're gonna they're gonna fix it. Yeah. Uh, but if you start with the name calling and the anger, it's uh well, it's it increases the chances you're just gonna get that back, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah.
2: I, I've I've experienced that when someone's called me. Frustrated, mad, yelling. You know, I, I rise to the occasion. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, if, that's, if
1: you're going to level
2: 10, then I'll meet you at 10 and a
1: half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we know how to get to 11 if we have to. That's right. Yeah. But uh, there. other than that, I mean, uh, okay, let's take just a minute for the positive side of the county commission. I, I assume, though, that, that there's a lot of positive stuff. Yeah. Here. And uh, and you and you do want input, right?
2: Well, and I yes, absolutely. We have public comment. We want to hear from people. When I hear from people, especially something I don't know and I'm not aware of or is concerning to me, I do. Mm-hmm. I take the I mean, I literally just um, this week walked into the county commission's office. Something that had been presented to me in public comment, and I said, "I need to know more about this because this does seem concerning. Mm-hmm. Can you get me some information?" So they're doing some research and helping pull some some stuff together for me. So I. I think public comment has absolutely good validity and it's worth it. And I do listen and I try to lean in when I can. doesn't mean I can change everything. Um, But I would say as well on the County board, there's five of us and there's several people on the board who I see very differently Mm -hmm. the world view from, you know, not just politically, but spiritually, socially. And yet I've got a good relationship with them, right? Like I can call them up and talk with them and, and we can discuss certain things and and so it has been a very positive experience for me and I've enjoyed working alongside them uh even even when there's things that we've disagree on
1: mhm and what um other than the fact that again I think you know at your core you're 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 more of a peacemaker you're you're kind of wired that way but uh but when you think about those relationships in particular but they've made a decision this in the same direction to yes. give you some grace yeah uh what uh, did you just get lucky or <laughs> there some things that, that are true of all of the board members that has kind of helped facilitate that?
2: Well, I, I mean, first of all, I guess from my perspective, I've really tried to approach it as a learner. I want to learn. I want to know. And so when someone asks a question or makes a statement that I don't understand, I, I know I, I'm sorry. I just don't quite understand what you're saying. Mm. Can you help me unpack that a little bit more? So I do try to personally, I try to approach it as a learner. And I feel like the other board members, especially, you know, Especially a couple of them really take that approach as well. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, it, it is a decision on both sides. There's no doubt about it. But that's how, one of the ways I guess I've tried to do it is approach things as a learner.
1: Yeah. What are some of the biggest surprises about uh, about being a part of that board or the commission?
2: One of the biggest surprises is just the variety of topics we cover. Mm. You know, we, we've got like 15, 16 departments We've got the jails, we've got the county attorney, we've got the weed control board, we've got emergency management, we've got a youth detention center, we've got health and human services, the health department, you know, all these. And they're just like, all these organizations, these 15-ish departments, have totally different missions, totally different leadership structures, totally different needs. And so for me, it's been very, very different to be on the county board um the county Board when I was on the school board, I was on the school board five years ago, or something like that their county their board their budget rather is two and a half times the size of the county, mm. but the complexity of the county is ten or fifteen times more um mm. it 's just because of the you know the singular mission of a school board versus the multiple missions of a county,
1: yeah. That uh, I mean, it seems to me. Like, now I know you enjoy doing homework and reading up on stuff and learning and everything, but that's uh, I mean, uh, that's got to be a challenge. I am surprised that the structures aren't. There's a more of like like a uniform kind of administrative structure that would that would kind of go across the board. Or how does that yeah, work? Yeah,
2: well, part of it is because you just have so many departments that are vastly different size. So you've that's got right. records management, which has like eight or. eight or 10 full-time employees. And, and some of them are actually people with special needs that come in and do document scanning. And then Mm -hmm. you've got the county engineers, which you need to be, have your CDL and drive trucks and, you know, push things around. And then you've Mm -hmm. got your attorneys, you know, in, in the county attorney's office who are in charge of charging people with offenses. And so you just have this, I mean, the weed control board, literally, I think it's three employees during the school year. So, Mm. Yeah, during this non-summer. And so you just have just a wide variety of organization sizes, which leads to
1: different leadership structures. I have to laugh when you say the weed control, because when we first moved out to our acreage back in the 90s, uh, it had been abandoned for a while and there were thistles everywhere. Ah, yes. And so we got well acquainted with the weed control folks. (laughs) And he would, but they were sweet about it. You know, it's was like, well, you got a problem here. You're going to have to keep working, you know? And so, okay, we're working on it. And then, you know, a few months have passed by and they come back and they well, I can see you making progress, but you still got some work to do, you know? Yep. And then finally, you know, fast forward. And eventually it's like, oh, no, no more thistles, you know, <laughs> but they, uh, you know, they, uh, they were, I, I, I don't mean, I mean, this sort of the most positive way they were parental, yeah. You know, in terms of guiding, got to get this fixed, but, you know, no threats, no, you know, didn't dread when they came out. It was just, okay, let's keep making progress. Yeah. So hats off to the weed control people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one last break. When we come back. We'll do a little shameless plug and then we'll talk about solutions because I've already heard a couple of solutions in your words. And, uh, and we always want to work toward a solution. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
0: Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on The Voice of Lincoln,
1: 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back on a Friendly Fire Saturday, talking with Matt Schulte. Uh, this uh, today, primarily in his uh, capacity as a county commissioner. And uh, Matt, it is the uh, time for a shameless plug. So I don't know if you have anything you want to plug or not, but this, yeah. is, uh, this is the opportunity.
2: Well, as you know, <clears throat> my job as well as I'm the executive director of Youth for Christ, Campus mm-hmm. Life in Town, and it is Colorado Peach season. What? Yes. Oh as no! The best fact, peaches ever. Next weekend, our truckload of peaches rolls in. Oh man! And so um, I think we still have a few available. So if you want to buy a lug of, pe- we, we literally buy two thousand boxes of peaches, an entire truckload full, and then we sell them as a fundraiser. And so you can go to yfcpeaches dot org, wow, and order your Colorado peaches, and they'll be here for pickup
1: in a week. You know, a couple of years ago, we were coming back uh, on I seventy uh from california and uh so, and i really don't spend a lot of time I mean, usually i'm in eastern colorado not western mm-hmm. colorado and i said these groves right off of yeah, i-70 they're right there. And, and kelly and i looked at each other we said they're growing peaches <laughs> i wonder if those are matt's peaches <laughs>
2: that's where we buy them from we buy them from palisade
1: colorado isn't that something Yep. it's by the way it's gorgeous out there yeah. it's just a really long drive from it here is. it's a haul yeah. Did, <laughs> have you ever gone out to see the places? I have or?
2: not. I've not gone during peach season. I've only gone mm-hmm. through there early in the spring before leaves were even out. I have I do have a life goal, though, to get out there for Peach Fest in Palisade, Colorado, so I can see, you know, build, pollen straight off the tree, which is essentially what these are. I mean, literally... They pull them off the tree, they stick them in a truck, and the next day they are here for you to pick them up. Wow! Wow! But I would like to be the hand that pulls it off the tree once.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I think there's so much cool stuff out there, and I know yeah. you love the outdoors and the mountains, and so you'll have to you'll have to figure out a way to make that make that swoop down there someday. Um, by the way, I'm not a peach guy. I don't know why it's it was they were ruined for me by canned peaches as a child, but. Everybody who is a peach person, will- what un- kind of lousy taste buds do you have over I, there? the really horrible ones and uh, <laughs> they've been they 've been sullied by by canned cling peaches in my youth, but uh, but everybody who actually likes peaches will almost always say, "Oh, these are some of the best peaches uh, i've ever eaten."
2: We literally start getting phone calls in April, yeah, asking when they can order and because yeah. people love them, and obviously we sell a lot of them and um a couple of years ago, we even had a high V coming buy a whole pallet from us, and mm-hmm. <laughs> so, huh? um, and then they turned around and sold them for a lot more than we were selling them for. I can tell you that much. See,
1: get them, get them, <laughs> uh, factory direct. <laughs> I <laughs> guess the go.
2: yeah the that that particular year, high V's suppliers had been frozen out, but yeah, they don't normally buy from us, but because yeah, yeah, ours yeah. are quite a bit bigger and larger and nicer. Than they you can they're, buy they're in the
1: humongous. Store. I yeah. mean, they're they're like melons. They're yeah. so big. Yeah, but they're but uh, juicy. Uh, tasteful uh i mean i i if i you know it's, it's it's a quirk of my genetics that i that i'm not a fan <laughs> cuz every stinking person i've ever met loves them
2: okay well then i'm gonna make one so yfcpeaches.org you guys order everybody order your peaches but we also started selling this year michigan blueberries no way we tried that out we sold over 350 boxes of those so we'll be doing michigan
1: blueberries next year okay next year i'm getting on the blueberries (laughs) that's good all right good got about seven minutes left we want to uh uh, then come up with some solutions because i heard a couple of solutions in terms of okay personal attacks bad we don't want to do that, but uh, and we got to somehow lower the temperature. So when we think about lowering the temp, lowering the temperature, or, or just improving communication, um, one of the things I heard you that I'm going to have you expand on here was you just talked about being curious, mm-hmm. and in particular, uh, listening to other people. Uh, why is that important, and how did you learn that? You know, I
2: how did I learn it? I don't know for sure. Probably from experience. Probably a little bit from my parents. Um, you know, just kind of a growing up, but. But I, I, I also probably learned it by realizing that by just being dug in and not having your mind changed, isn't it doesn't lead to anything, right? You're just kind of stuck then. And so part of it just has been like maybe learning over through experiences that I need to ask good questions and learn why. And someone might have a valid point that I've never thought of or heard of. And the only way I can actually extrapolate that out or understand it is by being curious and asking questions mm-hmm. um and so you'll often if you if you listen to one of the board meetings and some of this is because i'm still only not even a year in yet but i bet probably every other meeting or so i'll say wait a second i know i'm new at this but can you just help me understand mm. and um so so being curious is absolutely a it's a it's a choice though it's not something that was always natural
1: yeah yeah by the way do you watch ted lasso
2: I have seen Ted Lasso. Yes. <laughs> that's
1: that's one of his b- watchwords, right? <laughs> yeah, and people love everything. Like, if more people could just be like Ted Lasso, but th- that's kind of peppered in throughout the series. is yeah. you know what? Be curious. Yeah, and uh, so that's a good thing. Any other things that that you think of uh, that could that if we if we if we actually made it a priority to function this way that could improve uh, the climate? Well. Um... I mean, I guess the other,
2: another attitude that I would just encourage everyone to adopt is to realize that the person, the people you're talking to are people made in the image of God Mm. who may have a different perspective, but sometimes it's easy to just sort of turn people, turn someone into a statue and, you know, kick and spit at them. Um, Whereas if we really step back and really think like, this is a human being who is made in the image of God, who has, who has thoughts and feelings and emotions and is going to go home tonight and tuck their kids into bed too Mm -hmm. like we we that's i guess the second attitude i would encourage everyone to just adopt is remember the person across the table from you is a person
1: Mm, absolutely
2: you know and they too are endowed with their inalienable rights by a creator right yeah so
1: yeah that's um, great
2: so we do need to keep a perspective on that when we're pointing fingers and spitting across the table that that person's got to go home and they've got to deal with it. And in a society where, I mean, another issue you and I have talked about briefly before is some mental health stuff going on, but in a society where you got mental health pressures and all this other stuff, we don't need to add, we don't need to add that to somebody else's
1: plate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll throw one thing out there. You can see what you think about this, but uh, funny when people, for those of you who know the Bible a little bit, 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. You, you hear it at weddings and so forth and it talks about the characteristics of love and one of the things that I I use continually he, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul says love hopes all things hmm. and so uh, let me translate that the love thinks tries to think the best mm-hmm. instead of thinking the worst and I think there's whatever instinct there is inside of us that sometimes always wants to think the worst about somebody, I, you know, listen to Paul, love hopes all things. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a different way to interpret that or another way to think about it that, that it doesn't mean they're evil. It just means I disagree with them. Yeah. Um, is that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that.
2: I'm with you on that. There's, you know, there's a topic that I mentioned a bridge earlier in your Denton that, 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 Several of us board members were seeing things very differently. And some people had one perspective that, you know, Denton needs to pay for this own bridge. They need to build their own bridge. And and I just was kind of being curious. I'm like, well, how much money does Denton even generate? And so I went and I pulled their report. I'm like, oh my goodness, this, and there's only 180 people in this town. Like yeah. they can't afford a million dollar bridge. Yeah. And so just by being curious, it it caused me to go down a different path and, and that I think helped bring some of the other county commissioners on, like, oh wow, we didn't realize like, they only generate forty thousand dollars in property taxes a year for this little village. Like, they can't, we can't expect them to on their own be able to afford to yeah. fix this bridge that is a county-owned bridge. So, uh, so that was that was a time where kind of being curious led me a different path, but yeah, it yeah. kind of took all of us along and. Now, uh, this week we talked about that bridge, and it 's going to get done. we just got a few few uh, few
1: things to iron out yeah oh that 's awesome that 's awesome but uh, but it takes uh and again the other you were mentioning just seeing the uh, people made in god 's image that the, these are these are valuable people mm-hmm. um, I, Our vision gets so clouded uh, mm-hmm. by, by by some of the whether it 's again politics or cultural issues or whatever it is, and it 's so easy to forget that how do you, any Any tapes that run in your mind to kind of help remind you of that on a regular basis?
2: Um, You know, so in my office at the county,
1: I've got a big,
2: um, huge painting of Abraham Lincoln. Mm. Excuse me. Abraham Lincoln was really good at this. Mm. You know, when he ran for office, he ran against four other people for the Republican nomination. There was five of them. And he won. And it was a surprise win that Abraham Lincoln won. Mm -hmm. Well, he literally turned around and hired all four of those people to be in his staff mm. and you know gave them major roles secretary of state secretary of interior and all these kind of and he mm. brought his enemies intentionally to the table um and said we need to work together to make this happen and so i do have that visual in my office of abraham lincoln literally looking over my shoulder mm. um and uh maybe so that's 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 a small reminder but definitely an important one
1: oh that's a great reminder i uh uh, Lincoln was a, a fascinating man by the way also dealt with anxiety and depression Yeah, big and, time. Uh, and struggled through that and it kind of shaped him to make him the leader that he was
2: yeah not to mention death of a child and yep. you know a yep. wife who really struggled with that as well
1: absolutely alright we're about out of time but great to have you in studio thanks for coming Matt thanks glad to be here with you Stu. that's the voice of Matt Schulte he's the executive director of White Youth for Christ who is selling peaches and uh, an county commissioner. So if you go to the meeting, just remember, dial it down. We don't need to be up at 11. We'll just keep it at 2. And or Is that right? <laughs> yes. All right. Time. I say, leave you saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next time.